Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Up next, The Truth with Lisa Booth, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Welcome back to The Truth with Lisa Booth. This week, we're digging in to one of the most contentious political issues in the country, abortion. The whole point of this show, the whole point of this podcast is is to not get at issues on a surface level, but to dig in, to get to the truth. And that's what we're going to do on this issue. Without fear, rejecting PC culture, rejecting the mainstream narrative, we're going to get into some of the uncomfortable truths around abortion. You know, what the left doesn't want you to know, they don't want you to know about the truth of abortion. They don't want to let you know that the largest abortion provider, Planned Parenthood, was founded by a racist who hold well, held eugenic beliefs. So they lie, they omit, they mislead, they deflect, and they demonize pro-lifers. And how can you blame them? Because imagine if Americans knew the truth. If they knew about Planned Parenthood, if they knew what happens during late-term abortions, they would be outraged, and rightfully so. So my plan with this episode is to cut through the lies, cut through the omissions, Cut through the misinformation that is fed to you by the media and the left and expose the dark underbelly of Planned Parenthood and abortion. We're going to get to the truth. And to help me out is this week's guest, Marjorie Dannenfelser, who is the president of the Susan B. Anthony List. Now, if you don't know much about the Susan B. Anthony List, it's a nationwide network of pro-life Americans dedicated to ending abortion in this country by electing national leaders and advocating for laws that will save lives. Susan B. Anthony and its super PAC, Women Speak Out, raised more than $61 million in the 2020 election and helped elect the largest incoming class of pro-life congresswomen in history. And that was all with Marjorie's help. She's also the author of Life is Winning Inside the Fight for the Unborn and Their Mothers. And last year, she was again named the national co-chair of Pro-Life Voices for Trump Coalition, a role that she also held in the 2016 campaign. So I'm very excited to have this week's guest, Susan B. Anthony President, Marjorie Dannenfelser, on this podcast. Uh, Marjorie, thanks so much for taking the time for The Truth with Lisa Booth. Oh, it's a treat. I'm a big fan. Well, I'm a big fan of yours as well. You know, how did you get into the the pro-life movement? Oh, wow. Well, I was very adamantly um, pro-choice. I was a Duke student and um, we had I was a college Republican chair and um, I just was very emphatic and probably some of the best people I've ever known. And I still know 
uh, just kind of wouldn't let me off with sort of ungrounded, unphilosophically sound uh, statements. Like, but my body, my choice is pretty much as far as it went for me. Um, and a lot, just fast forward through the years, I really wanted to, after I changed, God changed me. I thought, thought it through also was a philosophy major and, um, and just didn't want, number one, wanted to undo damage, but really saw that there was a, a lack at the center of the pro-life movement. And it was a political muscle that really needed to be, uh, strengthened, worked out. We needed to flex that organic movement that was rather quiet, but big, um, a couple of decades ago. Um, so that, that was really my motivation after working on the Hill, starting a pro-life caucus with some congressmen in the House and seeing that it was too late once they got there. You know, that political muscle could not be flexed once they're in office if they were bad, you know, if they were bad material that you got there. So that was the time, Lisa, um, I'm older than you, <laughs> but it was when all the women coming down to the floor of the House were uh, Patricia Schroeder, Barbara Boxer was in the House there, Nina Lowy. This whole lineup of people who said they spoke for women, and um, a few women and I just decided we're not going to take it anymore, and decided to build. And so we started to in the early nineties. So that's so interesting. So I, I didn't realize you were once on the other side of this issue. I mean that that actually kind of gives you clarity uh, at looking at this issue in a way that maybe someone else doesn't have. It's very helpful. I really understand. I mean, I would have had an abortion in a second. I didn't see any obstacles. And I thought no one should speak into my situation who didn't understand it like I did. Um, and really, that, you know, it, I, I went into Duke as pre-med and I left as philosophy. And that was kind of the path there that I took and thinking and just going deeper. And when you go deep into this, I mean, this is one of your show, when you go deep, it just, you just kind of cannot answer the question, what is that thing that happens in an abortion? Who, who or what is it that you're extracting? And it's nothing other than a person. And to take that chance is to take a chance in killing another human being. That's literally what I kind of wrote the first time I wrote about anything about this. And, um, and you know, it, I'm so happy to be wrong. I've never been so happy to be so wrong because <laughs> it changed my life in other ways too of course and what's so interesting is democrats and uh you know pro-abortion individuals like to frame people who are pro-life as handsmaid's tale you know like they're they're disconnected like they can't believe in women's rights like somehow you're weird or something but susan b anthony was a woman's rights activist so it, it's actually quite the contrary so so talk a little bit about her legacy and who she was she saw it without question, no matter what any feminists tell you now. Um, she called it a, um, uh, a dreadful deed. She said it will burden a, a woman's conscience in life. It'll burden her soul in the grave. But thrice guilty is the one who drove her to the dreadful deed. So who drives women to those deeds? Now, she, of course, is culpable on a sliding scale, but often she is driven to it by, by places like Planned Parenthood, by well-meaning friends, by the local abortion clinic that says she has no other alternative. And what that speaks to women about how weak they believe that women are, that they can't handle um, an unexpected situation and that they ha their only way out is to take the life of another person is is weak and it's thin gruel and that's why it doesn't really stand and that is really why the center does not hold of their movement now and why i think we're seeing a real thin um a thinning of their movement so if you go back and you look at some of the comments that democrats you know very prominent democrats today the things they've said in the past so 1977 jesse jackson said to congress that abortion amounted to genocide against the black race 1982, then-Senator Joe Biden voted for a constitutional amendment that would have allowed for the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Uh, Bill Clinton, back in 1992, said that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. And you fast-forward to today, and we have a vice president and many Democrats that believe in late-term abortion. So how did that happen? How did that shift happen? Yeah, um, th this really speaks to the political muscle and to the importance of actually making sure you have your views very well grounded. Two things. Sometimes your, your best held views, you decide to ship them down the river because they're not helping you out. That means that that was a, a loosely held 
view, even when they speak the truth, so as, as Jesse Jackson did so so well, he actually spoke it. So when I worked on the Hill and I was I was um, working on the I was the director of the pro life caucus. We had many pro life Democrats. Most chair, um, most chairmen of appropriations committees were Democrats and pro life. It's a day that you know that's that's about twenty five years ago. And but what changed was um, uh, was a was a decision on the part of the Democratic Party when Obama became the president. Um, especially during the, the health care battle, they were going to um, take away this whole idea that Democrats had, had then that abortion was always going to be a conscience vote. They decided no more. There are no more conscience votes. Our agenda, the Obama agenda, was far too important um, for us to let little you know, parochial concerns like saving the lives of people, <laughs> of unborn children, or sweet little religious views like that to stand. And so they basically they targeted all those pro-life Democrats and they said, you, you're, you know, you better knuckle under. They all did, except for one or two um, at that time. And uh, and they that began the the complete polarization of parties um, where the Republican Party is the pro-life party and they are the Democratic Party. And they haven't flinched. I think they're going to have to. I mean, just looking at it with just raw political um, calculus. It's going to be tough for them in the next few years to maintain that position of abortion all the time, funded by taxpayers up until birth and even after birth if it's born alive. What happens during a late-term abortion? Well, the baby is big and, and his or her head is large. So the first thing that has to happen is that the skull has to be crushed. And that is uh, that could happen in a partial birth abortion, which is now outlawed. Um, but but was a good education point. But you can you can do that in in all sorts of ways. Um, and so once you crush that skull, um, you can uh, take the baby out just like it's any other. You know, just slip it out like you like you're like it was a really bad period, a very large, very very bad period. Um, but it's uh, the later it gets, the more um, the more dangerous it is for women, um, and um, kind of putting the lie to their idea that somehow abortion is the equivalent health equivalent of giving birth. But it's a gruesome, horrible, life-changing experience that many women and men who have changed their their positions on this did so for this very reason. The late term just I mean, let's just be human about it. It looks like a baby. It, uh, you know, it squirms like a baby. It um, can hear your voice, can taste what you're tasting. Um, On the sonogram, it is nothing other than a human baby, a little girl or a little boy. And that late-term procedure is so horrific um, that the only way you can continue to do that uh, is to have a you know allow some callousing over of your heart and your conscience and you just don't see it anymore and that happens plenty but i want to get into the details because i think the details matter and as hard it is to talk about i think people need to know i mean there's a if my there's a substance that is injected into the baby's heart it kills the baby and then the baby is torn limb by limb in some instances is that correct no that's always correct yeah so they they um the there, there is a chemical that stops the baby's heart, and then there's also um, a um, anesthetic so that the baby doesn't feel pain, um, just like you put down a dog, you know. And that's right. So they crush the skull, and then at that at the point it cuts into the birth canal, the um, because you've been tra- you've been pulling it out already, it starts to come apart. So you have to take each part out, and you have to if you're the person attending. You're the nurse attending, not the doctor, usually. If you're the nurse attending, it's your job to assemble on the tray the entire, all the parts of the baby so that you know that you got all of it. Because if if you didn't, she'll hemorrhage and it'll be a a bad situation. So you're looking at this baby that you pulled out. You have to reassemble it so that it looks exactly like the baby that it is, but torn it ripped apart limb by limb with a crushed head. So uh, imagine that. And being able to do that every day, something really happens to your soul. Well, so what I don't understand is, let's say even if someone supports abortion, uh, you know, how, how can they say, you know, you look at uh, some of these heartbeat laws, how can they say at the point 
that you can hear a baby's heartbeat that somehow that's not a life. Yeah. I mean, I used to say, you know, all that they can say is what I used to say, uh, thinking I was so smart, you know, well, this is very complicated. It's, um, you know, who, no one can say when a fetus becomes a human that, you know, this no one can say. Well, someone can say, in fact, it is in the OBGYN, um, you know, Bible of medicine. <laughs> um, it is like we know when human life begins. Everyone knows, but you know on instinct, but it's also a medical fact. Um, and <clears throat> different aspects of the baby come into being. Um, but <clears throat> day one, they have every bit of DNA that makes them exactly who they are when they're like you and me talking on, on this show. Everything they need is right there immediately. Um, and <clears throat> and, um, and heart, heart beating, I think, is a beautiful, important image and it signifies what's going on in the human body there's blood pumping everywhere there's you know moving and growing so quickly it just is uh if if you're not trying to kill it it's it's something incredible to behold um how the human person becomes a bigger person (laughs) um but the the heartbeat is a beautiful image also because it does speak to the heart you know how we speak in poetic terms of the heart and, do you, you know, about are you willing to stop? How are it, it is a heartless thing, um, poetically, <laughs> to stop the beating heart of another person. So that point is at about six weeks. Um, and that's the that's the argument um, surrounding the Texas law. Um, so I I think that I'm not I don't know if you are interested in talking about that Texas law, but I, I have been very interested. No one's more involved than I in the country. Um, I have been very interested and very heartened, so to speak, that the reaction has been strong from the other side, but not nearly as strong as I thought that it would be. Um, I really think we're seeing a coming apart of the of the pro-abortion movement. Um, they just don't have enough to stand on, especially with arguments like uh, beating heart. And who cares? What is that? <clears throat> could be human, could be not human. Definitely not a frog. There's nothing else that it could be. It's a little boy or a little girl who's growing. Quick commercial break and then back with Marjorie, who's the president of the Susan B. Anthony list. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from 4Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. 
a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I definitely want to get into some of the legislative aspects, but I really think it's important to knock down some misconceptions first on this argument because we need to get to the truth of it and combat some of these false narratives that are out there from the left. Uh, you know, at what point can a, an unborn child feel pain? Well, at least 15 weeks. Um, we have a, a research firm called the Charlotte Lozier Institute that has made that a critical point of its study. Um, it's another piece where people say, well, I don't want to cause another entity slash human pain. It's why the, the an, an anesthetic is injected in the baby um, when it's aborted in, rel- in relatively late-term abortions. So pain is at least 15 weeks, but it is believed that it's way sooner um, because of the um, the growth of the brain or at early stages while it um, is capable of transmitting those signals. And and that some, they're, they don't, they're not pro-life necessarily, scientists, they're not necessarily anything, they're just studying science, believe that the pain is actually even even stronger because of the, because of the thinness of the of the skin and because of the, um, the, uh, and how close the nerve endings are to it. So there's no question that a baby feels pain. I mean, they like to, the other side likes to mix up that argument with, um, science of a baby that's already been born or you and me and how our brains are, but it misses, uh, much in fetology and, and what the leading scientific opinion is. How many states have fetal homicide laws? I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I do know, for example, in New York, it's not the answer to your question, but it is a very relevant question. They, they're, the majority of states, I do know that much, have fetal homicide laws. Um, and when abortion laws go into effect, like the one in New York, those laws are often, uh, often um, struck down unless somebody says, oh, well, we didn't mean them. <laughs> you know, we didn't mean um, an accidental or a, or a homicide, an intentional, but not meant by the mom death. Uh, in New York, though, they're so callous um, that, they, that the law that went into effect there in New York um, does, in fact, include fetal, um, the homicide of the, of the baby, meaning that it's not banned, <laughs> meaning there's no charge. You're not charged for that. You're just charged for the death of the woman. You have states that very specifically, in the instance of a crime, view an unborn child as a life. So if it's a fetal homicide in the instance of a crime, why isn't a fetal homicide in the instance of abortion? If you're acknowledging that life exists in the instance of a crime, why does life not exist in the instance of an abortion? It just points to the illogic at the foundation of the entire argument. It, it skips the crucial step of what is this thing slash person, entity, whatever it is. You have to answer that question. If you can't answer that question honestly, Nothing else makes any sense, including these fetal homicide laws. Of course, it cannot be that what's in the mind of a woman or in the mind of somebody else um, defines your existence, whether you exist or not. That's what they're saying. You and I are still here, whether we, somebody thinks we're not at all. We're still here. Um, so it, it, it isn't any different than, than the judgment that you make of somebody's existence outside of the womb. Same, same exact thing. There's no logic there. Uh, it is another reason why I keep saying that the center just is not holding uh, at the center there in, in their movement. The center is just dropping because there is no logical clarity there. It's just a mass of confusion. And, and it's a mass of confusion at a time when a woman is truly in desperate, desperate, um, uh, in a desperate situation. And, it's, and it is not kind to her to muddle, help muddle thinking 
and to tell her she can't possibly handle something she's doing that that uh, that is um, maybe a little bit different from her friends. So there's just so much logic and so much emotion, so much desperation that these important central questions often just get paved over. And uh, and that is an injustice. Well, and, and I think, you know, the, there's it's a very clear intention. I mean, Democrats right now are trying to rewrite the truth. We see this with birthing people and, you know, the the trying to change rhetoric. But they do this with the issue of abortion as well. I mean, if you dehumanize an unborn child and you call that child a clump of cells, it has a dehumanizing effect and it makes it easier to then go out and commit that abortion. Because if you're dehumanizing this life and, you know, just referring it to as a clump of cells, it changes that dynamic. And so words matter in a lot of these instances as well. Yeah, it's the power of language. And it's, um, you know, it, it's this kind of surreal and weird um, debate that goes on on the floor of the House or the Senate or any legislature at any point where where um, where the one side will only call it the uh, fetus. The other side acknowledges it as a baby. And um, and you never get to the point where um where the other side says when they think it is, that's the best question to ask the other side. I think in debates like this that are so fundamental, when is it that you think this becomes a person? We all started that way. When is it that it, the clock ticked over and you are now working on human time before you were some other thing? But when is that? Barbara Boxer answered um, Rick Santorum years ago, when the mom takes the baby home from, from the hospital, that's when, that's when, um, this turns into a human baby. Um, the, um, you remember the thing that happened with Governor, Governor Northam on the radio show talking about what he would do if there was a baby born alive. And, you know, because th- that was actually the day after an, an important similar debate on the floor of the uh, House of Delegates in Virginia, where this delegate Tran was asked about a bill and asked, would it if it's only if the only thing in consideration is the intent of the mother and what's in her mind, nothing about the moral status of the other, then when does when 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 do you are you required to preserve it? And he kept pressing for each point up until. And how about when it's when it's born by accident during a during a late term abortion? And she said it, this bill would cover that, too. So the honest of them go ahead and say, yeah, it really is only what's in the mind of the mom and the doctor. I mean, that's really the only thing that matters, the moral status of this thing over there. Not at all. That does not resonate. That's why, the, that's why this movement is, that's why their movement is getting smaller and our movement is growing. Quick commercial break and then more of getting to the truth about abortion on the other side. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them. Sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from 4Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So I want to get to, uh, before we get into some of the legislative fights coming up, Planned Parenthood was founded by Margaret Sanger, who was a racist eugenicist. And uh, so she supported eugenics under the banner of reproductive freedom. Just to, to go through some of the highlights, she said, quote unquote, we don't want word to get out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. I hate that word, but that's what she said. She said she favored or she favored the forced sterilization of those she deemed, quote unquote, unfit. She once gave a speech to the Ku Klux Klan. She said that the most merciful thing that a large family unit or a large family does to one of its infant members is to kill it. Uh, and then she also created the, quote unquote, Negro Project, which aimed to get blacks to adopt birth control. How and why do Democrats support an organization that was founded upon eugenic and racist viewpoints? It is the value of uh, of language and the value of uh, meaning the language they have used all all throughout um, this debate. Planned Parenthood especially has just been to continue to repeat the word over and over again. Reproductive choice, access to reproductive choice, access to reproductive choice. So you mentioned Margaret Sanger, access to reproductive choice. there, there, There has been no honest ability to grapple with their heritage ever even with a little blip you know recently where they said okay we don't like her anymore she lived in a different time you have to understand standards were different sounds a lot like other human rights violations that are that are a scar in our nation as well oh gee you know they like to own other people oh they they like to belittle other people it was a sign of their time so so but the answer to your question how did they get away for for, uh, with this for so long it is truly pin that completely on the media, 100 um, percent. I can just say that having tried to prom- promote the, the real image, the real the reality, the truth of Planned Parenthood for over 30 years, um, there was no penetrating the media. And you know why? It's because Planned Parenthood is just a, a great civic association. It's just they just help people plan families. What is wrong with that? That's what I used to think. I thought, what is, why are people vilifying this organization that's just helping women? Most people don't know the, the, uh, the, their, their main product is abortion. That's, their, that's the business model that they run. Is it's, it, it is entirely abortion-centered. So how they've gotten away with it has been a variety of things, mainly the media, mainly politicians who also on our side a while, a long ago who were just chicken not willing to raise the mantle of getting our taxes out of their business. Um, but I would say this, um, there's a, you know, it's kind of pathetic that we would actually cheer that they've decided, oh, well, we don't like Margaret Sanger anymore. So we're not going to talk about her. We're going to take her name off our award. I mean, that is a modicum of progress, definitely. Um, but it's even when I, I keep saying that their movement isn't holding, the center isn't holding that, that very, little piece of evidence is, I think, one of the most significant. Planned Parenthoods are closing all over the country. They're having to centralize into large abortion factories, especially at borders, because they see laws changing. Their own employees in New York who, who wouldn't, stay, wouldn't take 
um, the mistreat their own mistreatment and the racism within the walls of Planned Parenthood corporate walked out and said, this is what we see and this is what we think. After a while, your misdeeds catch up with you. You really cannot get it. You can't, um, once it's become public especially, uh, move, you know, move in the same mode that you did forever and expect and, and expect good things to come your way. So um, I think that uh, people are beginning to see them for who they are, but it's partly because you're willing to talk about it. Our politicians are on our side are willing to talk about it. Uh, we just need to get our money out of there. The viewpoint of Margaret Sanger and the racist viewpoint and eugenics that Planned Parent was founded upon they're carrying that out today. I mean, is it not a fair statement to say that in New York City, more black babies are aborted than born? Yeah, every day. No, I mean, uh, it, it getting, you know, it getting marginally better does not take away from the unbelievable moral crisis that they have presented the country. Yeah, that is true. More babies are, are aborted than born in New York. But, but black babies, correct? Yes. So the legacy lives on. I mean, how is that? how is that not carrying out? Margaret Sanger's vision today. Mm-hmm. Well, here's here's how they put it. So you you can take this for what it is. They they say that they are going into as long as abortion is legal, we'll go into poor neighborhoods and help women who are there. It happens that black women pr- predominantly disproportionately are living in poor neighborhoods. So that's why we're there. Now, of course, the, if you believe in abortion, if you think abortion is fine, if you think it's like an appendectomy, you can see yourself thinking that way. It's an abomination. It is. If if you are um, a community leader in a in a um, predominantly black neighborhood, you have to see how this is stealing your gener- generations and stealing the people who may bring everybody out of poverty. But if you think of it as uh, you know, but if you if you think it's just solving somebody's problem, it's not a big deal. You know, that's how they think about it. You know, just to go on record here, I don't see the disconnect between someone who founded an organization who, quote unquote, we don't want the word to get out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. And then fast forward to today and you have cities like New York City where more black babies are aborted than born. And you have Planned Parenthood being the largest abortion provider in the nation. I just I don't think that you can disconnect what Planned Parenthood was founded upon. And then what they are carrying out today and that I don't understand how the left who purports to believe in equal white rights, who purports to be defenders and fighters uh, for you know black people and minority communities can support an organization that was founded and rooted upon racism and that is still carrying out that vision today. But that's me saying this and going on record about that. You know, Marjorie, oh, I want to get to some of the big legislative fights that are ahead of us right now in terms of the issue of life. What is the Women's Health Protection Act? Uh, the Women's Health Protection Act is the newest version of the Democrats' bill to basically federalize, but go even even further than Roe versus Wade. So it basically um, puts uh, into law that a woman can have an abortion for any reason um, up until up until birth, and um, and it um, and also would eliminate also a lot of other. Uh, a lot of other laws around the country, like um, waiting periods or all sorts of sort of legislating that goes around abortion often. So it's basically making it a federal issue, taking all the power of all the states away um, to to enact its own laws in case we ever get a chance to do that under the Supreme Court. Um, and, um, you know, it's it was a it was on the floor just recently. One of the most hideous debates uh, that that ever happens is is this particular debate. It was dominated by women on our side. It was a beautiful chance to put the lie to somehow this is the great liberation of women. Um, that, that is what that federal legislation is. They didn't even have a hearing on it on the House side. They just took it right to the floor. Um, and, uh, and it did not pass. And it w- will not pass the Senate. But it is a messaging issue a document for them. It's what their hopes and aspirations are. It's how they'll, they choose their candidates. You can't be a Democratic candidate without endorsing that measure. Um, it just puts them exactly where they um, locates them on the spectrum, exactly where they are at the most extreme you can possibly be. Uh, and right now, of course, our, everyone that I support um, for any position at any level of public office opposes abortion, all, all abortions. Um, but the, what they're pressing for is let's just at least allow consensus 
somewhere to make its way in the law and allow it to go into effect. And what you're going to find is that you'll have in states all over the place and on the federal level, something better than that, something better than um, abortion up until birth. Talk about the importance of the upcoming Dobbs case and what that means and why should people should care about it. Well, it's the first most important thing. It's the thing that everyone should be talking about who cares about this even a little bit. Because what happens in this Supreme Court case that is, uh, that is um, looking at the constitutionality of a Mississippi 15-week limit uh, is this. They're going to answer only one question. This is what the court has said they will answer. Are any pre-viability abortion limits constitutional? Anything before viability. So viability is about 21, 22, about 22 weeks. Um, so we believe that they would not have taken it up if they weren't willing to make something better. But just keep in mind, the reason this is being asked is because uh, is because pretty much any restriction, any limit in the entire country that is passed in the last thir- in last 48 years, any any ambitious gestational limit at all has been struck down or they haven't challenged it. But it uh, but because they don't because the other side doesn't want to be going against a 20 week limit because it makes them look bad. But under Roe. It is it is on un, un, literal you know quote unconstitutional. So if the court decides um, with us that Roe versus Wade should be overturned, um, then this takes the battle completely to the states, and the federal government will have a responsibility to do what we should do too as a nation and what we stand for. But but now if this happens, there will be a fifty state question mark. Question marks hanging over the capital of 50 states. What are you going to do? What is the consensus in your state? And what are you going to do to allow it to come into come into reality by making it a law? So the it, it is the most important thing that has happened since Roe versus Wade. Um, 47 out of 50 European nations um, have abortion restrictions before 15, 15 weeks or before. I mean, we're talking about Sweden, we're talking about Italy, Spain, France, you know, countries that are far more liberal than us in other areas. We're one in, we're one in only seven nations that allows abortion after 20 weeks. It's just we, we're such outliers because of Roe versus Wade. If this happens, if, if Dobbs um, does end up in next June um, with an overturn of Roe v. Wade or even a partial overturn, um, it will mean the saving of the lives of millions of babies in the future, without question. Whereas now the answer is basically close to zero, um, and and um, will obviously largely impact the midterm elections, which is uh, the second reason why we need to be talking about this. Our politicians, our governors, um, our every single elected official in the country. Uh, needs to be doing a deep dive on what what they and their um, constituents uh, want to see in the law. It, it is a potential springtime for life in this country, and I think it's going to change us in more than one way. It's not just many children being allowed to be born. It's going to change us and our souls, and it's going to start to heal the great scar in our country that abortion has brought about after so many years. Well, and you had referenced Texas as well that just passed into law um, a heartbeat law in the state of Texas that has drawn the ire of the left. You know, how do you 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 just mentioned the midterms as well. You know, how do you think some of these big pro-life fights that are happening right now? What's the impact on the midterms? I think it's waking people up to realize uh, we need to figure out what we want for our state. So. The only reason that anybody knows anything about Texas is that it's the only state because of its creative enforcement mechanism, it, it went into effect. But it's the only law like that since 1973 that has gone into effect. That's why people are paying such close attention to it. And paying clo- close attention to it, just like in your show, gets people to closer to the truth about what this is and what they want for their own states. If you want to be a pro-life state, what does that look like? Where do we limit it? How do we help women? It's, it, is, it is the activity of a, of a nation with a conscience. So it will, in fact, of course, affect the midterm elections. Te- Texas is just part and parcel of the Dobbs decision. If that Dobbs decision comes down our way, Texas will be a footnote. Texas will just be, w- w- won't be necessary for them to have a creative 
enforcement mechanism. It just, if states are allowed to enact their own laws, they'll just go ahead and do it. Um, that's what I mean about the revolution that this is and why the left is so ginned up. Planned Parenthood is feeling the existential threat. They're digging in their heels and raising money like you've never seen. Uh, and it will be a big, it'll be a big moment without question. And to that effect, you know, what kind of stranglehold does Planned Parenthood have on the left? It's complete. You either succumb to our extreme agenda or we will not only not endorse you, we'll oppose you. Uh, and uh, they have a perfect, they have a uh, perfect from their perspective situation where a, a cycle of money that comes um, in, in perfect harmony with their needs to abort America, especially minorities, <laughs> and then uh, their ability to lobby. They, they receive money from federal and state governments so that they can lobby state, state and federal governments and abort our children. Um, and, um, and, and they do this in, in freedom. They do this in utter freedom. So that's why they have such an incredibly strong base, even if they don't necessarily always reflect the will of the people. They have a sweet deal with federal and state governments to be able to do this. So they'll be ready. The whole abortion left um, will be ready. And I'm telling you, the pro-life movement is getting ready. <laughs> and I think and I and I know that our movement is much more vast just in, in the hearts and the wills of the people. And every election since 2014, uh, except for this past election, um, the pro-life movement has been responsible for winning in battleground states over and over and over again, acknowledged by senators and congressmen and presidential candidates. And that's where we have to be again. Well, and I think, too, the further to the left that Democrats get on this issue and the more callous they get on the issue of life, the more they're going to push reasonable minded people towards the issue of life. I mean, for instance, Democrats used to support the Hyde Amendment, which bans taxpayer funded abortions. Yet now you have even Joe Biden supporting the Hyde Amendment, supporting or against the Hyde Amendment, supporting taxpayer abortions. And I, I think a lot of people who even support abortion wouldn't support taxpayers having to fund something that they are so vehemently against. Yeah, I mean, it's a race to the bottom for them. They've gotten more as, as the country has gotten more pro-life. They have gotten more extreme. So it's an ideal, honestly, political situation for us because they're saying, we want every single abortion. You should not help them if they're born alive. And you should be paying for it, taxpayer, all of it. Uh, they, they've been willing to embrace the most, uh, the, the positions embraced only by a tiny minority because of the fear of their base, their fear of Planned Parenthood, um, and their fear of what happens if they don't sign off on all that. I just think, Lisa, this moment that we're moving into where states are going to start, I believe they're going to start passing laws that, that uh, limit abortion and whatever that state actually thinks it should be. So say it said uh, after the first trimester, which is what most of the country believes, that it should be after the first trimester. Say you do that. And then you still have a party that cannot relent on, on abortion up until birth and you have to pay for it. That contrast doesn't work for a political party in the long term. I actually think that they're, that they're and, and, and we have to force this, that there will be a point where they start to revert back to where they were before, which is, OK, you guys, we're going to have to give a little bit more to consciences. There are going to have to be some more conscience votes or I cannot I cannot run in this state as a abortion until birth candidate. You know, and, and I mean, even in places like, you know, like Minnesota or put non red state places, but certainly in red state places. I mean, seriously, you're going to be for you're going to force the Democratic candidate in South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, Missouri, Louisiana to be um, abortion until birth and you pay it to candidate. Just not going to work in the long term. Well, and you had mentioned that the country is becoming increasingly pro-life and Democrats are getting increasingly you know, anti-life. So you, you could almost say that there's a correlation potentially between the two, that the further the left the Democrats get on this issue, the more callous they get on the issue of life, potentially that's driving people, uh, you know, to open their eyes on this issue. But, you know, any any, any lasting thoughts you want to leave before we go? I just think that if you care about this issue even a little bit or if you care, care about it a lot, if you've been on the sidelines before, it's time to get off. If you've been in the ring already, it's the place where you are needed desperately. Um, every single political race, every single state, 
every household is going to be talking about this very soon if they aren't already because of the giant impact of this Supreme Court decision next June. So I guess I would just ask anyone who any, has any interest whatsoever to dig in. I love your show because that's what you do. Dig in and get involved because um, this is your day. And, and how can people get involved? They can go on our website and find out about Susan B. Anthony List. Just Google Susan B. Anthony List. Susan B. Anthony List. And everything will pop up every way that you could get involved. You can find out about the laws in your state, how to get involved in your state, what elections are surrounding you, either federal or state, uh, and also how you can lobby when there are important things happening on Capitol Hill or in your state. Marjorie, thanks so much for joining The Truth with Lisa Booth. I so appreciate your time. It was a gift to me and to the pro-life movement. So thank you, Lisa. I want to thank Marjorie Dannenfelser again for a great interview. And I want to thank you guys at home for listening. Look, this show cannot be made possible without you. We're trying to get to the truth of big issues in the country. Truth that the mainstream media, they don't want you to hear. So I need you and I would appreciate you sharing this podcast with your friends, sharing this podcast with your family, sharing this podcast with as many people as you can. Help me get the truth out there to the public. Right now is a time to do that in this post-truth world where Democrats and the left are trying to rewrite the truth. Call women pregnant people. It's insane. So if you enjoy the show, if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at at Lisa Marie Booth. I also want to thank our team, our producer, John Cassio, writer and researcher, Aaron Kliegman, and our executive producers, Debbie Myers and Speaker Newt Gingrich. They're all part of the Gingrich 360 network, and they make the show possible. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.